Well, welcome to You Should Check It Out, and a happy Thursday to all of you. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And today we have something very special for you, and for us, honestly. We have a distinguished guest who's graciously given us his time so that we can ask him a bunch of uh, possibly irrelevant, uninteresting questions. Mostly irrelevant. (laughs) Our guest today is the owner and founder of Island Music Company. It's a musical instrument store in La Plata, Maryland. He's also an amazing guitar player, an amateur banjo player, just like myself, uh, a father, a serial entrepreneur, and I'm proud to say a great friend of mine. Please welcome to the pod, Mr. Keith Grasso. Welcome, Keith. Wow. Well, thank you guys for having me. You make me sound much cooler and exciting than I actually am. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. I can't live up to that hype, but thank you very much for that kind introduction. Well, your reputation precedes you, man. What can I say? I I guess let me set things up here. Uh, Like I said, Keith is a great friend of mine. We met uh, working at a a music store outside of Baltimore, Maryland, Bill's Music. Am I allowed to say the name of that other store? I guess I already have. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm very proud of where I came from. Clean it Excellent. up the post. <laughs> is that in Catonsville? It is. It's is in Catonsville? Catonsville, yeah. Music City, Maryland. That's right. I remember that. Yep. I was still in college. Keith, I think you were just out of college. And we worked there for a long time. And Keith was always, uh, he was super salesman number one. Always somebody who came in. You know, I, I worked at a music store because I got good deals on music equipment. And the hours mm-hmm. were pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And got to meet some good people. But... Um, you know, Keith was always out there pushing stuff, always pushing himself. And so whenever Keith announced that he was going to be leaving, you know, I, I knew that I had a, I could pick a couple directions. I could either fill the, the void that Keith left in the store and start to pick up all those sales, or I could uh, try to find another job. Because Keith would, you know, while I was over there, like playing Stones riffs on the Telecasters, uh, you know, Keith was always selling. Yeah, he was right. Exactly. Doing his job. Demonstrating. Demonstrating. (laughs) Right. So I guess you can uh, figure out for yourself which direction I took. But Keith, you left the store. And I just remember everybody when you announced that you were going to start your own music store. I remember everyone saying, oh, that's the craziest damn idea in the world. You know, to start a music (laughs) store, an actual brick and mortar music store. And what year was that? That was uh, 2008. 2008. Right. Yeah. So the but, worst time you could start anything. <laughs> yeah. That was a right. rough year. That was a rough year to open a business. Yeah. The day that we opened was the day that the stock market crashed. That it was oh, the man. lowest that it had ever been since the Great Depression. Now at the time, I didn't follow the stock market. I didn't care about that. You know, I didn't. I never thought twice about it. People would say this stuff to me and say, "Yeah, okay, whatever." You know, right. what do you, do you like this guitar? <laughs> um, so I never really thought much about it. But now looking back, knowing what I know now, that was pretty crazy thing. I'm glad I didn't know that. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, man. But the uh, store's still going strong, right? Tell yeah, us, tell us a little bit we, about Island Music. Um, well, Island Music started 2008. I had left Bills, and I, I first. Before I left Bills, I got a real job <laughs> in commercial real estate, wow. and I hated it. I was good at okay. it, but I hated it. I had to wear a suit and you know, talk about stuff I didn't really care about, and I would travel all over the country and look at income-producing property, and uh, everywhere that I would go, I would map out all the music stores. So if I went to Ohio <laughs> and I landed in Cleveland and I would get a rental car and go to wherever I had to go and do my meetings, 
but I'd have a little map and I'd say, okay, here's all the Fender dealers, here's all the whatever. And I'd go all over and I'd check out all the other music stores. And because I spent all that time at Bill's and I, I felt like I was pretty good at my job then, that I would look around and I would see all these cool guitars and stuff out in the middle of nowhere that I would feel like were underpriced. So <laughs> I would buy them and take them home with me. And oh, wow. At the time, I convinced my girlfriend, live-in girlfriend, well, I'm just buying these things because they're we can make money on them later. But, I, you know, you really just wanted more guitars. Right, right. So I'd keep them for a little while and sell them, whatever. And then it grew into such a big thing that it outgrew our guest room in our apartment. So uh, we ended up getting a little storefront, and, and our first storefront was probably like a 12 by 12 room. It was just Small me in there. Small place, yeah. And you were doing yeah, lessons and, in there uh, too, right? Yep. And yeah, you know, when we close, teach lessons. So from six to nine o'clock at night, I would teach lessons. I teach lessons before we open from, you know, eight thirty in the morning till 10 o'clock in the morning. And then we'd open from 10 to six and I uh, did that six days a week. And uh, wow. now we've Man. grown into, uh, I think we occupy just under 10,000 square feet. We have uh, about 2,500 guitars in stock, all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, we, we try to have a little bit of everything. PA, recording stuff, drums, synths, yeah. anything musical. You know, I just bought a bunch of steel drums because I thought that they were cool <laughs> and it would fit, fit kind of what we you know, the, the nice. name a little bit. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's been an awesome ride and, and uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, do this for a living in some form or another for pretty much my entire working career. And wow. It's been real cool. I've met a lot of cool people. I've got to spend time and meet a lot of guitar playing idols that I grew up yeah. with. In December, we had Bruce Kulick from Kiss come <laughs> and uh, do a clinic at our store. He was a guest on wow. my podcast, and now we're friends. We text each other back and forth about <laughs> guitar parts and stuff. So I've Holy been crap. Really, really lucky. You know, it's been awesome. Nice. Sometimes easy to get worn down and, and frustrated and stuff sometimes but then when you look around and say man i do this for a living like this is awesome i'm surrounded by all these guitars people talking about guitars and and you know i just text the guy from kiss like it's pretty pretty good you know mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome <laughs> right man. right heck yeah and nice I, man if for yeah, anybody who work. hasn't been out to his store I, let me just say it's it it brings you back because for Guys our age, you know, we kind of grew up in the era, you know, the dying embers of, of the big box, you know, retail musical instrument store. And you, it's just something you don't, I mean, there was even musical instrument stores in the mall, you know, when, <laughs> when we were growing up. Yeah. But they just, they all kind of withered and, and, and died, basically thanks to Guitar Center, in my opinion, and the internet. Um, yeah. But you step into, into Keith's store, man, it's like stepping back in time because he's just got guitars from wall to wall. Um, everything's out, everything, you know, you can play it. He's got knowledgeable sales guys out there, you know, working hard. So it's, it's really cool to see. But how do you do, how do you maintain that type of footprint, that type of retail footprint when everybody else is going internet, you know, going, just shipping stuff online or? Well, we kind of do a hybrid of both. So if I was just us sitting on our street and we weren't, you know, out there promoting online and selling stuff online and kind of reaching those customers. I don't know that we'd make it. So we, we kind of early on adapted to, you know, what was going on with the internet, third party marketplaces, you know, eBay, Reverb, Amazon, st stuff like that. So we, we've done that kind of stuff too. 
but we've also maintained a really good walk-in storefront. And then the other thing that we've worked really hard at doing is presenting ourselves as a destination store. So if you want to see some of this cool stuff, there's not many other places that you can drive and see it. For sure. I mean, we have probably 60 American-made Paul Reed Smith guitars in the store of all wow. kinds of weird things, like special ones that were on display in the Musical Instrument Museum, you know, crazy one-off things, things that Paul signed for us. You know, John, you're a Rickenbacker fan too. We must have every Rickenbacker guitar and bass that there is. <laughs> it's incredible. You know how hard that is to do. <laughs> yeah. um, you mm. know, uh, we're always kind of doing these neat things to draw folks in, like, like the guitar clinic uh, with Bruce from KISS. Like, that's awesome on a Monday night. Like, someone would get in their car and drive from wherever to, to do that, mm -hmm. you know? Heck yeah. Um, so we're always trying to do that kind of cool stuff. I always try to be real forward-thinking and, and do things that are different. I don't just want to sit there all day and hope that people come in and buy guitars and, and stuff like that. So we're always trying to think outside of the box, whether it's, you know, a community event. We do a big canned food drive every year where we restring your guitar for free if you bring in a can of food. That's all we nice. to food banks for, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's and, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it brings in tons of folks that might not ever come in before. It helps the community. It gets your name out there. Um, there's there no downside to it other than you give away a lot of strings. But, sure. uh, but you know, yes. so you, you got to give back a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, we, we do our podcast where every time we have an artist that comes in uh, for a clinic or a showcase or something, we sit down and film and our episode, you know, talking about how they practice, what gear they use, what inspires them, stuff like That's that. Great, yeah. You know, so, so we just try to be different and keep people's eyes on us and, you know, whatever we can do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it all works, uh, but the combination of it's worked so far. So Awesome. Right on. What made you uh, decide to set up in La Plata? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I actually grew up literally like a mile down the road from where the music store is. Nice. And I moved away and lived in Baltimore, and I moved to Baltimore right after September 11th happened. Mm. And uh, you went to Towson for a little while and then decided that, uh, you know what, I don't know that I really want to be in college. You know, I felt like I had a good job at, at the music store with John, and I was doing good. And I was, you know, going to, to school to be a music teacher, guitar teacher. And I already had that at the music store. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, was, was, doing that, yeah. Was doing pretty so I was like, what the hell am I doing? And <laughs> uh, so I, I ended up, you know, buying a house there and staying there for a bit. And I think I stayed there till you know, late 2007. And then my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, we moved to Solomon's Island because I got into, you know, water stuff, boats. Hey, you were and, all and into boating of, there for a while. <laughs> yeah, being, being out on the water and all that, you know. And, gotcha. uh and that's an awesome place to be. And then Island Music, the, the idea of it started kind of growing. But the problem with a place like Solomon's is people are only there in the nice months of the year. Right. I and mean, that's it. Yeah. It's for retirement. Town, yeah. Like, the, you know, a destination to go, you know, spend a week or whatever. So uh, come September, it's a ghost town. I could never have a music store there. Nobody would come between September and, let's say, March. So we'll play mm -hmm. those you know, an hour away. That's where I grew up. It was a comfortable place. So right. there we go. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. And, you, and you're familiar with 
the culture there and the community. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'd been away for a while, but um, it was real, real cool to, to come back and, and, you know, see people that you grew up with as a kid and, and now they're into their early adult life and, and uh, you know, people's parents that you'd become close with who, who I was lucky enough to, you know, they helped me along the way is to start an island music and stuff. So it worked out real good. I'm, I'm glad that we landed in La Plate. It all worked out for a reason, I guess. Right. That's right. Yeah. So you said you, you would go to music stores when you were traveling and you'd see a guitar and know that it was priced in, like, oh, I could get more for that back home. I'll see it and say, uh, and John, I used to do this to oh, you all yeah. the time. We'd oh, take trade-ins and stuff, and, you know, uh, John would, would say, okay, I think this is worth $500. We're going to sell for $500. And I'd come along, but I'd say, no, I think it's worth $700. I think you're wrong. You know, you get more money for that. This is special because of this, whatever. Because all I've ever done my entire life, is like study guitars and play guitars and talk. How'd you about get into that? that? Talk about that a little bit. Well, I mean, uh, so I was born in, in '81. It's a good year. Me, me too. Good year. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, about the time that I started kind of getting into music on, on my own, you know, you turned on the TV and all the guitar heroes were on TV, and I'll never forget seeing there is a famous guitar solo, Eddie Van Halen guitar solo from a DVD called Live Without a Net. You guys have probably seen it. He's wearing like red parachute pants and a white beard, <laughs> and he's got his striped guitar. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the most amazing guitar solo. To this day, every time I see the video, I still stop and watch it. But it's the most amazing, unaccompanied guitar solo. Jay, are you, Jay, are you hearing this, by the way? Uh, I'm buddy? hearing it. You, I'm hearing it. I've yeah. been hearing it for a long, long time. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> making sure. <laughs> I remember turning on the TV, and seeing that, and I was like, man, that is awesome. Whatever this guy's doing, I got to do it. That was Cocaine? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, that came later. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and may and I just I say, to that end, I mean, how many EVH Wolfgang or Wolfgang style guitar, like the Eddie Van Halen style guitars oh, do you have in your personal so collection? I, probably, gosh. <laughs> Honestly. Probably twenty or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, way. Uh, seriously, every, dude. It's it's ridiculous. Every version, wow, you know, everything badass, that comes man. out, like at any any time period, correct Van Halen reissue guitar. I I have it. Like that that's was my amazing. biggest inspiration in my life. So anytime there's anything that comes out, I get it. Even if it's goofy, and I'm never gonna play it. Like I got that Shark guitar last yep. year. You know, that's all cut up in the bottom. I'm never going to play that. Where would I ever go to play that? You know what I mean? Well, at least you're honest I'm with yourself about that. I'm almost 40 years old. Like, where would I go to play that? You're right. But, but uh, you know, I just felt like I need to have it. But but anyhow, so I saw that uh, I saw that video, and I, I told my mom, like, i got to play guitar. That's what I want to do. And uh, so, of course, Christmas comes, and I get a uh, – like a junior Yamaha acoustic, <laughs> uh, not quite what course. I had in mind. Not what you're looking for, no. Nope. Yeah, but but I, you know, I made it. Tough work. to do hammer-ons with that son of a gun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I made it work and showed that it was something that I was interested in. And you know, then next year I think came the PV Predator, uh, you <laughs> know, up. Strat style yep. knockoff guitars. What what you got here, you know, and uh, it's been whoosh, ever since. Yeah, man. That's all I've ever done. Nice. Quick fire question. That's awesome, uh, favorite Van Halen album. Balance. Balance. What? Which Balance. is 1995. Oh, wow. Is that Gary Sarone? Uh, wow. No, 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 no. That's that's no, Hagar. No, 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 let's not go crazy. That's the last. <laughs> that's the last Sammy Hagar album, and that 
album is the tone, the guitar tone on that. I have been trying to replicate ever since I heard it. It's amazing. If you if you don't know it and, and you haven't really listened to it, you got to spend some time and really listen to mm. it. it. It's really at that time Eddie had come up with the wet dry wet rig mm -hmm. and he'd had he had three amps and you know one totally saturated with effects one totally dry and then one totally clean saturated with effects and mm -hmm. oh, it's a, it sounds huge you put it on today and it doesn't sound like it's that old i mean it sounds like it could right. be brand new it's awesome and it's heavier right. it's it's mm -hmm. you know it's got some 90s angst to it so i'd say <laughs> right. that's probably my favorite if i had to pick a, a roth time period album i would say van halen 2 all right uh is is an awesome album it's it's one of those albums that every song is is good on all right, all right keith, keith i actually good. asked you for just one van halen album i think it just took that as a rank from least to, to most, yeah, most to least favorite yeah. yeah next week's podcast is just going to be keith just talking just ranking all the van halen albums <laughs> that were random vamping about van halen yep <laughs> yeah man what's that's so oh. cool and, and something i i wasn't even sure if we were going to get into but you have you have a, a pretty eclectic taste in music i knew you because you were back when we were working in the music store you were the guy that was into like the shredder guitars yeah you know and yeah. and i assume clearly you still are that's fine but uh well uh, it's really weird my, my taste have changed so much i mean i, I still love that stuff but i don't listen to it that much anymore and i don't play it that much anymore now i try to find things like uh are you saying that you matured in your musical days is that i don't want to <laughs> a bad word like that i don't want you know uh, <laughs> you kid, kid. i'll never mature yeah. but now i try to find a song that i can that i more relate to the lyrics or, or the melody and uh you know that that captures what i am thinking about or, or feeling and it time period of my life or now or, or back a certain time period or whatever um so I, i'm not as much into the shred stuff i mean i still put on my you know my favorite van halen albums from time to time but to be honest with you now i'm more into uh kind of like the 90s singer songwriter guys mm -hmm. so like collective soul right now is one of my favorite bands uh i love ed roland's songwriting and i, I love the 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 tastefulness of the the chord changes and stuff it, it's not just you know gcd kind of thing mm -hmm. i mean it, it's got mm -hmm. a lot more substance to it um pete yorn is one of my favorite yeah. uh songwriters right now we, we saw him in concert uh, uh i think in october that's right you get was, to you get to meet with him for a little while right yep yep we got to hang out backstage and, and talk to him and, and uh cool the uh singer from better than ezra right now is big on my radar um, he just released a solo album, Kevin Griffin. He, he's a really great songwriter. So yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place <laughs> a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you do you specialize in like amplifiers as much as guitars or? Yeah, I mean we have, I mean every major amplifier that there is. I all of them, amp. all the amps. Yeah, I mean all, all the <laughs> every ones model you want, of, you know? of PV fifty one fifty is available. <laughs> trust me. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Eddie Van Halen. Do you deal with much used stuff? Or are you more of a retailer? I mean, I'm not sure how how to describe that, but yeah, well, we do a lot of used stuff. Um, it's probably a uh, maybe a fifty fifty mix. Oh, cool. Yeah, we we always want to have different and unique stuff. Like, I never want to. I don't want you to ever walk in and be like, oh man, 
this guy is just a fender and a Vox dealer and that's all they have mm -hmm. or whatever. I like to have everything different, you know, crazy. We like to try to get some of the vintage stuff. I like to try to get some of the, the cool used stuff that's like utility stuff. You know, like every good music store should have a used twin and like a used JCM 800 or, or something, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, we just took on Supro amps, which I think are really cool yeah. and, and different yeah. and, and uh, you know, kind of kind of vibey and have a unique story like the Jimmy Page story. And yeah. I played, uh, there was a Supro amp from the 60s that was on a backline on a gig I did last year. And it was one of the best amps I've ever played. I was like, what the hell is this thing? You know, it's just this tiny little guy. Supro. But it was just incredible. And the new ones are not like that old one, but, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're cool. They're, they're cool. cool. And, and you know what? So they go up kind of like against the normal everyday Vox stuff, you know, like AC15 or, or mm -hmm. AC10 or something. They kind of go up against that. Yeah. I like they, orange a lot right now. Like we're, we're oh, kind of yeah. big into orange. Um, Marshall's got some cool stuff with these little mini heads. So the problem with all those things is nobody wants 412s anymore. Nobody <laughs> wants big 100-watt heads. Right. So now yeah. they've got like 20-watt versions of a Plexi and a JCM 800 and stuff, and that's kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so we try to have a little bit of everything. Same thing with pedals. We have yeah. so many pedals right now. Pedals are such a big deal. They're hot. And it's mm -hmm. really it's the cheapest thing that you can do to alter yeah. your sound and to get inspired again is mm -hmm. by a pedal yeah. you know yeah um, we mentioned so the you, uh the guy from jhs have you watched his video blog we watched yeah, him on the yeah we, we mentioned him on the pod you know the other week that guy's like he i think he's reinvented the the pedal game just on his own you know just oh yeah just the love I mean, just that he to shows. buy like you, you can buy like a, a modified electro harmonics pedal from them yeah. you know which is, is really cool. I mean, some of those electroharmonics pedals are cool on their own, but when they do those mods to them, it, it's awesome, you know? But yeah, he, he certainly reinvented the pedal game. Another big one that, that's kind of really changed everything is Strymon pedals. I don't yeah, know how yeah. much you know about them. They're pretty amazing in, in terms of uh, delays and, and reverbs and, uh, you know, modulation effects and stuff. It's way more than what you ever experimented with before in anybody else's stomp yeah, box. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not cheap. Like, there's yeah. nothing cheap about those pedals. Yeah. And then, they, you know, the people I know who are using them a lot are usually, like, syncing them up to their MIDI rigs and yeah. making it so that they all switch together, you yep. know. And Yeah, th those things sound amazing. That's cool. Well, something I've been Very wanting to ask you, Keith, I mean, you started a music store at the time when everyone was saying it was a terrible idea because nobody's... Nobody goes into music stores anymore. Guitar Center, they've set a footprint in every major, you know, retail outlet in America, and they've set kind of the uh, template sure. for what a music store should, quote-unquote, be. I mean, are kids still coming in? Are kids still interested in, in instruments, or is it just computers? What's your value proposition? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me there's still some, some hope in the future of, of instruments. No, there music. totally is. There, there is. It's everything's so different now than you know when, when we were younger and and uh, you know when we were going into music stores and when we were learning instruments. But I feel like my main job is to keep people interested in music. Like it's not to sell stuff. So if I keep people interested in music and give them a place, safe place to go where they can be part of something in every part of their musical journey, whether they're just learning, whether they're looking to play their first gig. You know, we have two stages, actually three if you count our mobile outside stage. <laughs> That's really so cool. We, we have 
stages, we have open mic nights, we have, you know, the artist showcases, we have the clinics, we have all this stuff. So if I can keep people interested in playing and make them feel like that this is a safe place and this is their music store and that they can go and perform and share what they're working on, then we'll have plenty of customers. Yeah. So I, I try to focus more on that than I do like, well, let's sell this guy this thing or let's put these things on sale and try to, you know, get, get as many of them sold as, as we possibly can. So I always feel like if I do a good job at that, that I'm cultivating new customers and uh, there's no reason for them not to stick with us and not to come back. So I think that there's still plenty of people out there playing. It's totally different than than how we were before. There's less places to play. Yeah. Most places don't. They're not all that interested in live music. It's just as easy to hire a DJ. They play exactly what you know they, they think that their crowd mm -hmm. wants to hear. It's less nonsense to deal with. There's less places to play. People are are taking lessons. I'd say less than they did in the past because there's so much free information there's you know everything on youtube there's sure. you know i could sign up right now and take a lesson with steve Vai on on the computer you know i mean you have to pay for it obviously right. but mm -hmm. um you know there, there's so much stuff available so it's different but there's still you know what i still walk down the guitar aisle and there's still a kid there growing his hair out playing ACDC <laughs> riffs or smells like teen spirit or something. So it is yeah. still alive and well. Um, I, know, I know the Washington post had that article a couple years ago yeah. saying that the guitar is dead. The electric guitar is dead. I'm here to tell you that that's bullshit. If I can say that, <laughs> um, say whatever you want, but it, it, it's, uh, you know, I think it's alive and well, and, and there's still plenty of people out there playing. All right. That's great. Hey, uh, what about, I've heard that there might be more girls starting guitar. Is that something you've noticed? Or I is, have, yeah. That, that yeah. Is, uh, I think that that's really cool. Also, you know, when you, when you look back historically, rock and roll and guitar is totally, it was a male dominated thing. A little bit of a boys really club. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like that anymore. There, there's, uh, you know, I see as many, young ladies and, and older ladies too that that are totally into guitar and that, that take it seriously i know that uh there are a, a whole league of female shred guitar <laughs> icons out there yeah, right man. now um nita strauss is one she plays with alice cooper she Absolutely. is awesome great guitar player kind of a, a real uh flag bearer for for women in rock uh uh, Courtney Cox is awesome. There's a lot of really good players out there. Have you guys heard of this uh, tribute band called the Iron Maidens? Yeah, I have. That both of those yeah. girls came from there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah somebody was talking about that the other day, and it reminded me of uh, how there was an article or something. Somehow it came to my attention that a lot of the new pe folks taking up guitars actually uh, there's been, been an influx of more female. Yeah. Um, you know, which is great. You know what I mean? Because it's like. Whoever, whoever, you know what I mean? Like, we just need to bring more people to the party, but it's like, if it's more inclusive, you know, um, yeah. that's they, rad. They, I think that uh, um, Nita Strauss was the first female this year to have an Ibanez signature guitar, which is pretty, Ibanez, pretty awesome. Yeah, wow. Ibanez, yeah. Uh, you know, right up there in. with Steve Vai yeah. and Joe Satriani and everything. And Meshuggah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, St. Vincent. St. Vincent. Yeah. And, uh, Annie Clark. That's right. Yeah, I, that might it. be her name, yeah. yeah. But she has a St. Vincent guitar, I know. That girl can shred, that's the, that's the, Ooh, yeah. Ernie, Did you just see the, the Ernie ball. her playing yeah. with uh, the guys from Nirvana? It was like a couple days oh, ago. That video just dropped, right? Yeah. yeah it just dropped. <laughs> no, it's cool. I had, I had a buddy there in the front row. <laughs> 
He was like, oh, guess yeah? what I'm seeing tonight. He was like, he like sent, he like sent a picture of like, it's like Nirvana song. He's like, guess what I'm seeing tonight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. His, his, his fiance sings back up in Foo Fighters. Okay. No kidding. So huh. he's got, yeah, he's got that, that hookup. Nice. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it was, it was like a, some kind of Nirvana reunion. I, I guess, it, I think she might've done it with, when they did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. They just got a bunch of uh, females. Like they had Lord sing a song with them and uh, Joan Jett. Okay. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, she she's got that really cool Ernie Ball signature. Yeah, it sounds great. At, at first, I was like, "Man, this is a weird looking guitar," mm-hmm. uh, but it sounded awesome. It was really a nice guitar. So yeah, that's super cool. I, I honestly want to ask you about George Lynch. Ooh. Okay. George because Lynch. You um, back in the Bill's Music days, you were pretty. I don't know if you were instrumental, but. You you definitely helped coordinate some of the in store clinics that yeah. George that George would do, and you know for listeners who might not be familiar with George Lynch, look him up. There's nobody that's going to say that. Nobody, I'm, I'm just... sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, fantastic guitar player, uh, a, a bit of a a bit of a diva, but um, yeah. I won't yeah. hold that at, too much against <laughs> him. But used to play in what the Lynch Mob was the name of it. Lynch Mob was was uh, one, and then the, the big claim to fame which really kind of put him on the map was docking of course in the 80s yeah. docking docking uh, that's the one i was looking yep. for thank you yep. yeah. yeah so like what what's george lynch like in real life well so i've seen two sides all right so you know how they always say you never want to meet your idols right, right? yeah, yeah. So when, when i was in high school and college you know i was all about george lynch you know he, he was kind of like a a meaner 80s shred guitar right. player kind of yeah. guy you know what always I mean? had like a scowl minor. Yeah, you know, well, you not just look, but just just how he played. It was right. like tougher and cooler and, and whatever. So we had the opportunity to have him at Bills, and this is probably like I don't know, two thousand and two or two thousand and three or something. I was pretty new there, and uh, you know, somebody said, "Do you think this guy we should?" Be? I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, we got to get him. How could you not get George <laughs> yeah. Lynch?" You know, and they're like, "Who the hell is a George Lynch?" But uh, <laughs> now uh, we ended up getting him, and. Uh, I remember that I was like, this is going to be so big. We can't even put it in the music store. There's going to be people swinging from the ceiling. You know, it's, going to, it's not going to be safe. we got to put it somewhere else. Yeah, right, right. And uh, <laughs> get a bigger venue. Yeah. yeah. So like, we're going to need a poli- police like, escort from the airport. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. what about we could ask the restaurant next door? The they don't do anything. Lives are at risk. Next <laughs> and next door to Bill's was a place called the Sea Hut. Okay. Uh, Have you ever been there? <laughs> nope. All right. Sea Hut. So it's, it's it's big. It's like a long. It's like a bowling alley kind of. And they just got these old 1970s like fold up tables and chairs and stuff everywhere. And oh. it smells like a seafood it restaurant. Smells like a seafood. Been oh, eating God. crabs in there for 30 years. So I'm like, oh, yeah. we gotta. Sounds like a crab's butthole. Yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, so somehow we convinced this restaurant to let us take all the tables and chairs and everything out of there and have this guy you know play guitar in there and i'm trying uh-huh. to explain you know, who he is and nobody uh, knows what the hell i'm talking about but they'd let me do it they just well keith really is passionate about this so let maybe move <laughs> on to something okay so I, and i mean i must not have slept for a week i was so excited about this and you know i, I got everything's perfect you know what uh, <laughs> so here he comes with his conditions are perfect yeah. and, uh, and there's a big crowd it was a big crowd all right really yeah, it was a huge crowd. Oh, good, and, good. Uh, 
because this was during the time period, but you know, pre Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And you did a mailer, like you mailed a postcard in the mail to people that you thought would be interested. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So we mailed this big mailer and here comes all these people. So they drop him off behind the seafood restaurant and he's kind of like, where the hell am I? And I'm like, well, you're just going to go in here and play, you know, he's like, where's the music store? I'm like, what's well, over there, but you're going to play in here in this seafood <laughs> restaurant. And he kind of looks at me like, what? And, and this is the time period of where, you know, it's definitely not cool to have played shred guitar in the eighties. You know, it's early 2000s. Oh, yeah, People yeah. are shitting yeah. on that, you know? So I'm lead him in here like, well, yeah, come on, you know, you can, and he's really hung over because he <laughs> played at, uh, I can't remember the name of the club in Baltimore the night before, but he must've had a rough night. So he's like, yeah, I've been, I had a lot of Jaeger and Twinkies <laughs> last night. And I'm not <laughs> too good or whatever. And oh. he's like, now he's got to play at the sea. I'm in a yeah. seafood restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, but it's not like that. Like it's, I set up this big stage and it's real cool, you know? And he's kind of like, uh, all right. And he's like, do you have any picks? And I'm like, what do you mean? Do I have any picks? You're George Lynch. You don't have any pick like, with you? You didn't bring a pick. So he's like, well, you know, and he's, he's carrying his guitars like in his hands, no case. Wow. <laughs> the original ones that, you know, I had like in Guitar Player Magazine when I was a kid. And it's a tiger stripe guitar and the other one with the skulls and snakes. And he's carrying them with like this one in each hand. Like jumps out of a taxi or something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And he's got them. So I take him in the back and, and he sits down on like a crate of mushrooms or something. <laughs> or, or, I, mean, I don't know, potatoes, whatever it was, like some kind of produce. And he's like, I need a pick. And I'm like, all right, sorry. What do you use? Like, I don't know, some kind of medium. So yeah. I run over to the music store and I get a handful of medium picks. And I'm like, here you go, Mr. Lynch. You know, what would you like to use? And he's picking them out of my hand. He takes one. He's like, all right, this will work. <clears throat> so he's like, and this time, the seafood restaurant is full of people. I mean, there's probably 250, 300 people there. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's packed. So he's like, I want to get a sound check. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, there's all these people here. How the hell are we going to do that? And I'm a kid. Like, I am probably, I don't know, 19 or yeah. maybe 20 something, yeah. you know? And I'm totally starstruck and nervous and scared, and he wants to do a sound check, okay? So we go up there, and he starts playing to his CD because he had a CD backing track or whatever. And he's, I want the monitor louder. I want this. I want that. <laughs> and I've got a little top box, and I'm twisting the knobs, and he's yelling at me. Like, turn this down. And so we finally get through it, and I'm like, oh, man, thank God this is over. And so I, without thinking about it, take both master volumes and turn them all the way down instead of hitting the mute switches or anything. And he's like, did you just, did you just turn those down, turn those off? And I was like, ah, ah. And I mean, he's about to like kill me. And I'm like, well, I know exactly where they were or whatever, you know? And uh, so, Oh, this is after the sound check. This is after the sound yeah. check. Yeah. Okay, Cause I didn't gotcha. think to just hit the mute switches cause I was too nervous. I just turned it all the way off. So you got your left right. And then you just go ahead and put them all yeah, down. Them all the way down. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so he goes up and he plays and he's kind of like yelling at me the first couple songs like the yeah. log up this that and I'm like man this is terrible like this is like really hurting my heart like how yeah, about like, God all chanting yeah, the music industry is like tough that. man Shoot. yeah cover from this or whatever so then he he keeps going it's kind of okay and he's he and he about like the third or fourth song he gets up to the mic and he can tell he's hungover I mean he's like kind of like hunched over and stuff and. <laughs> And uh, he says, um, 
Man, my career has reached a new low. Here we are, George at the seafood restaurant, and he looks over at me. Yeah, I'm on the side of the stage. And you give him a thumbs up. Yeah, this is rough. I kind of like look away. I can feel you're like, like you're like eating a, eating a fish sandwich. You're like, huh? huh? <laughs> so breaking crab legs. Yeah, butter all over your face and bib. <laughs> Sorry. So, Sorry, um, just we, we get through that and everything's fine you know we, uh, people are happy there's signed autographs and whatever taking pictures and everything oh, so man. a year goes by and um at pv in mississippi for like a training thing all right and i press the elevator in the hotel like to go down to the lobby because they're picking me up in the lobby and i press the thing on there and the door opens and i walk in and it's george lynch in there nice hey man how's it going remember me like you played in our seafood restaurant or whatever and uh yeah he was cool so (laughs) nice he rolled with it uh let's see we've had him at island music i think twice now maybe and he was the very first guest ever for my podcast yeah that's awesome he was real cool he was totally nice and and, uh you know gave me some really cool zen like guitar advice and and was a totally nice guy and uh you know kind of in my eyes redeemed himself for giving me (laughs) such a hard time when i was you know a 19 year old kid just trying to to you know adjust his levels and stuff do anything to make your this hero perfect scenario yeah yeah, and he just all over it yeah i took all this time i had all the guitars esp guitars like set up beautifully on the stage Mm. i had they spelled george lynch you know yeah yeah i had a wall of stacks you know even though he was only playing through like his boss processor and stuff like it looked cool for a guitar class you even like you even spelled out welcome george lynch and fish sticks yeah that's right yeah yeah right in the backstage area <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, that's great, man. You know, it's funny, man, because like you say that, and it's it's so easy to you know to to pick on him for being like you know maybe that that like annoyed, you know. Yeah. yeah. But man, I don't know. Like when you're out on when you're on the road for a while, and then all of a sudden you got to do a gig in the afternoon. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's a clinic at two o'clock. And it's, yeah. yeah, and it's it's just like probably throws threw off his whole. I could totally see like I don't know, man. Like if after if i'm on the road for a little while and then like the sound if it's like a strange situation yeah right yeah. I, i've been there i've been i've played it like the the bar where it's like well you can't there's a freaking kid running the board yeah, yeah. 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 right right <laughs> yeah that you know that can be jarring you know but it sounds like he's you know in the end you guys became buddies which is amazing yeah. no he, he certainly mellowed out and, and you know no i totally get it and, and you know what he's a professional right so yeah. um just like anybody at their job, they want to do the best that they can. And, uh, you know, they want to sound their best. They want to, you know, uh, put off the best image that they can. So uh, I get it, you know. And they want to appear professional. For, for some reason, you know, he's looking around like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Here? You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. if it's a strange environment, even though there might be like all the, all the people that adore him are there and you're, yeah. you know, you're you're not like, he might have been more at ease with someone, with a, in an environment that he's more used to with someone who really doesn't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's an interesting, uh, situation and it's, that's a funny story, man. Oh, yeah. I'll I'd, never forget that one. I, <laughs> I just love being reminded of the sea hut. Just, is, is that place still exist? It's you know, still, still exactly the same. I, I of course. Was at, oh, uh, dude, let's go, let's go there with some time. We got yeah, to we we'll do, we'll do, do an episode live. We from should. There. 
I mean, absolutely yeah, should. Really take all the tables out and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Recreate the event. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Be in the corner. We can just yell at him every so often. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Maybe we'll invite George back. Yeah, I'm saying like let's, let's exactly let's, at least at least throw on some docking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Dude. great, man. Hey, Keith, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. I well. While you were talking about some of the events that you uh, that Island Music throws for the community, and I, and I I I do really appreciate you know the the amount of work that you put into to growing the community of Little Plata and everything. But one of the big things that I know that you do each year that I've I've been honored to to take a part of is uh, your annual Rocktoberfest. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, you've had some great bands. What what did you have last year? Lit. Was Lit that was year? our headliner last year. Yep. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, year before that we had sponge which if you want to talk about like nice guys that <laughs> were just so easy to work with and so cool those guys i can't even tell you they were the absolute nicest guys they would beg to play in the sea hut yeah no. no i mean they were so nice so i mean they get there they didn't complain about anything they were like keith this is really nice thanks for going through all this you know and so our Oktoberfest event is a, a big community event that we do. It started as a little thing in the bar next door, and we we got a couple local bands to play, and uh, it's a fundraiser for our local school's music program, right? So all the money and ticket sales and T-shirt sales mm-hmm. and everything, we just write a check at the end and give it to our local school system's music department because obviously right. we want to keep kids in music and keep that going. Yeah. So um, it's grown into this big thing now. We literally shut down six blocks on main street and uh it's it's last year we had 22 bands play on three stages this year we're adding a fourth stage um we have food trucks there's like 15 food trucks that come there's street vendors that come it's a real old school street festival like rock and roll street festival there's beer so i get like a one day liquor license and, and like the entire town is drunk and listening to rock music in, in main street it's awesome and uh, so last year we had lit was our headliner the year before we had sponge but anyhow so sponge was so cool they got to the event they didn't know what it was they just knew you know we're booked to play here we play you know two hours whatever so they come and they're talking to me like what is this about and what you know what and i tell them you know it's a it's a fundraiser for our school music program and uh you know we're hoping to do this and that and whatever so they had a merchandise table set up and uh he said to me, you know what? Everything that we make at the merchandise table to your, tonight, it's yours. Put it towards the cause, okay. which wow. was awesome. And, That's you cool. know, I mean, they didn't have to do that. And, and nah. you know, I mean, it's not a humongous thing to them, probably, whatever. But to me, I was just like, man, that was a couple hundred bucks and T-shirts and whatever that they did. Yeah. It was it was real cool. Uh, so, yeah, we've had Sponge, Jimmy's Chicken Shack, Paul Reed Smith uh, Band, uh John's band, the Black Crows tribute band, nonfiction, <laughs> was awesome. They even let me play a song with them, which was totally oh, sick. Cool. Uh, you got that uh, hard to handle solo down. I did. That was a that was awesome. That was yeah. a fun time. I have this uh, one video of it where it cuts off right before you start playing your solo. Oh, oh I'm man, sorry. Come on. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so this year, actually, we're going to announce our headlining band. Hopefully, this week is going to be bigger than ever, and I'll call you guys up and tell you when we announce it because it's going to be so awesome to have this big band in our main street music festival can't wait man yeah so it's It's all if you want to to drop the news nobody's going to hear it it's all good man (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm afraid. See, we're still negotiating. Uh, I'm just, oh, I, yeah, yeah. If I know if I say it, I'm going to jinx myself and I'll <laughs> no, be no. back at square one. It's okay. Understood. Well, we, well, keep, we'll, us, yeah, keep, us, not, keep yeah, us posted, man, and uh, good luck with, with uh, n- nailing it down. Thank you. Thank you very Absolutely. much. We'll have Absolutely. to come out and do a, do a live pod episode from, from Rockdown. You should. That would be awesome. Later. You might yeah. want to sweeten the pot. If you you could sweeten the pot with a gift certificate to Sea Hut. There you go. Oh, that's not Perfect. by me though. But I got a plenty. I got a lot of seafood restaurants by me. We could hook you up with. There you go. <laughs> you know, right? maybe like the after party. At, uh, I mean, you know, that does some post rock crab legs. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> All right, I'll take care of that. Awesome. Hey Keith, what's the name of your podcast for anybody that wants to check it out? Uh, Determination and Overdrive. Excellent. Beautiful name for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, man. Our podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Island Music Company. If you're ever out in Eastern, if you're ever out on the Eastern coast of the United Southern. States, oh, well, Eastern you, you coast call it of Sub- the United States, Southern of Maryland. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> I was where you're going with that. <laughs> I was trying to give you regional, you know. Okay. Uh, Thank you. But no, if hmm. you're any, if you're anywhere near La Plata, please do yourself a favor and check out uh, Keith's shop. And if you're not, just hop on the internet. What's the website, Keith? Islandmusicco.com, or you can find us anywhere and everywhere. You know, uh, <laughs> just type in Google Island Music, yeah. and pages and pages and pages of stuff come up. Awesome. So, awesome. Well, right thank on. you so much, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's uh, been awesome, and and uh, like I said, I've listened to every one of your episodes, so it's been real. Oh, cool. no way. Talk to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, um, buddy. So it's been real cool. Sweet. Thank you. Excellent, thank you so man. much. We'll have to have you back, man. All right. All right. Take it easy, Keith. See ya. Peace.